Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. My name's Jim Burns, and I'm here to give you some tips, strategies, and overall help in dealing with this bullying epidemic that we face today. And we're facing not only the bullying epidemic, but we have COVID-19, we have the election coming up. We have a lot of things as a society that's on our plate right now. And one of the things that I have discovered over the course of, you know, many years is, and I've shared a podcast on it, it's the importance of taking care of yourself. And by that I mean we have to be physically fit, emotionally fit, spiritually fit, and our relationships have to be in order uh, in terms of of dealing with our family, our friends, and we want to make sure that uh, we don't have to worry when we have to go to a wedding or, uh, God forbid, a funeral, and we have to deal with someone that we haven't spoken with in many years. But what I want to talk about today is the importance of fitness for kids. Why it's important to teach our kids how to be fit. Now, many of you may say, well, you know, kids just normally stay fit. You know, they run around, they play on the playground, uh, they uh, go out to the park, they ride their bike and so on. Not so much anymore. It doesn't happen that much anymore. Kids get tied to technology, an iPad, or whatever the case may be, and they don't get out as much. And in this day and age where kids just don't seem to live around each other. I mean, many years ago, you had, you know, neighbors who had children, uh, of the same age as like my parents and I would find them and play with them in the neighborhood. But you don't have that neighborhood mentality anymore. Uh, 
where I could go next door and visit or uh, just go out and play uh, kickball or whatever the case might be with someone who lives close by. Now, when I was a kid, I was a big kid, and I don't mean tall. As an example, when I was in the sixth grade and probably the beginning of the seventh grade, I was about five foot seven or so, but I weighed 190 pounds. I weighed 190 was a lot. That was a lot of weight. When all your friends are weighing like 120, you know, and you weigh 190, you are considered, I mean, I would, I was considered fat. I mean, that's all there was to it. My mother was a great cook and she would cook a lot of creamed food. She would cook a lot of pasta uh, uh, and a lot of food that was just very fattening. It was, and, and we ate it. Uh, my dad didn't eat it and I've shared stories about him I mean, he discovered that white flour, sugar, and starch wasn't any good for you. My mother almost had to make two meals at the dinner table. He would have his three lamb chops, broccoli, and a baked potato. Meanwhile, we'd be eating macaroni with meat sauce. So, we all gained weight. And I mean, my, me and my two sisters. And I got to be around, it was the beginning of the 8th grade. I was probably about, still about 13. And my dad, who was always concerned about my weight, told me that he liked, because he heard about it, he liked me to try Weight Watchers. He had known a few, a few guys that had got on it and they lost weight. And I decided I was going to give this a try. So I go to Weight Watchers, and you had to go to meetings back then. Now you can do it with an app and, and so on and track your food, and it's, virtu it's very easy to do. But I had to go to meetings, get weighed in. I had to um, uh, uh, stay on the diet throughout the course of the week. Uh, and get weighed in every week. And then they would announce your weight at the meeting and you got to share and talk and so on. And it was for teenagers. This Weight Watchers program was designed for a teenage boy or girl. So I, I really took a liking to it. And I went on the diet and I started the program December 4th, 1968. I was in the eighth grade. And when I graduated from the eighth grade, I went from 190 to 140, plus I grew about three inches. And I was 140 pounds tall, good looking, clothes fit me well. Um, I discovered girls, I mean, the whole bit. And I was always, even when I was heavy, a rather good athlete. And being athletic became a little bit more difficult when you were overweight. But once I lost the weight, my athletic ability improved, 
I was able to run faster, jump higher, play baseball a whole lot better, play basketball a whole lot better. I was able to participate in a way that made me feel really good. And, you know, I did this over the course of a winter, basically. And when I finally came out in, say, March or April, I was already 30, 35 pounds lighter. And the guys that I used to hang around with hadn't seen me all winter. And we were playing basketball, you know, up at the... Um, on the playground one day and a bunch of guys came that I had I knew and they were like whoa look how good you look you know you lost weight you know wow you got skinny oh man you're fast too and so on and so forth and it was you know one of these things where I really felt good about myself I really felt good about myself and this is something that occurred because of the encouragement of my father, but moreover because I truly wanted to do this. I wanted to lose weight. There was no question about it. And one of the biggest reasons I wanted to lose weight is because, believe it or not, because of my weight, I did get bullied. Now, that wasn't the only reason. There were people in the neighborhood who were bullies and they would bully anybody, short, fat, tall, thin, it didn't matter. But my weight became, I'll call it the salient point. And it gave someone a chance who wanted to bully me to have something to bully me about. So when I thinned out, and they didn't have a whole lot of stuff to say about me. Believe it or not, my victimization went down. I became more resilient. And there was a greater respect that I commanded in the neighborhood because I was a rather good athlete. I played baseball in high school and college, American Legion, and so on. But I realized as I grew older the importance of staying physically fit and watching my weight. Now, did I yo-yo from time to time? Of course I did. I probably lost a thousand pounds in, in 50 years. The bottom line though, is I always had a place to go. I always knew that walking and exercise and proper diet keeps your weight down. And as you grow older, if you have your weight down, there's a lot of other things that happen. I just got uh, went through a battery of tests uh, with my cardiologist. I had an echocardiogram, I had my carotid arteries checked, and I had a stress test done passed with flying colors and when you are overall fit as you get older you have far less health related issues now why is this important to teach our children I taught it to my kids 
I have two girls. I have three girls, one of who is 10. She's very proud that I lost weight. You know, when I do lose weight and she sees how, how thin and lean and fit I look. My daughters okay, have adopted a lifestyle of healthy eating and they understand the importance of diet and exercise. Kids in school today, when they're in the elementary school, they run around on the playground and sometimes as they get older, they just stop running. By the way, that's one of the reasons why young children stay relatively thin because they're losing, using the large muscle, group, uh, muscle groups of their body, which is their legs, to propel themselves and about 90% of your metabolism is in your legs. Now, young children, they'll run around, but they reach a point they get to middle school and high school, they have to take phys ed. They stop liking phys ed because they have to change clothes or whatever the case may be. They don't like the activities. When I took phys ed in high school, we had four marking periods. First marking period was football, then it was wrestling, then gymnastics, and then softball. And we just changed our clothes and participated in the activities. There was very little taught to us, and there's very little taught today in school. And they may talk to kids about having healthy diets and everything else, but they don't talk to kids about the importance of lifelong fitness. Lifelong fitness means you do something that you know that you can continue for the rest of your life. I stopped running when I was 25 years old and I started walking because I knew I could maintain that for the rest of my life. I still walk three miles most days. I still do a certain amount of stretching. I still do a certain amount of weight training because as you grow older, your muscles need the um, strength training to support your bones, to support your heart, your respiratory system, and there's even information that it helps with dementia. Now, why do kids need to learn this. Why do they need to know the importance of fitness? Number one, kids today come from sedentary lifestyles. They are more, as I said, more married to a computer than they could be to going out and running around and playing. So they are, this generation today is more associated with communication with either an iPad or an iPhone. They don't even go over each other's house. They can talk on FaceTime with Zoom. They can do things and they're doing more and more of that right now because of COVID-19. So number one, we have a sedentary generation of kids. <clears throat> number two, fitness and 
the ability to maintain a good body image raises a person's self-esteem. I can't tell you how good I felt when I lost weight when I was in the eighth grade. It will raise a child's self-esteem. They will feel better. You have kids that are naturally thin. You also have kids that, are, that can be very naturally overweight. The bottom line here is that when a, a, a youngster has a healthy body weight and they can participate in physical education or f just fitness type activities, they feel better about themselves, their self-esteem goes up, and their confidence goes up. They're not as leery of everybody else thinking that someone's going to have something to say to them. Other kids may have something to say to one another, but in this instance, it's not going to be about a person's body weight. Number three, the biggest reason why kids need to remain physically fit, and most people don't understand this, is that physical fitness those physical fitness activities, whether it be walking, weight training, stretching, yoga, whatever it may be, when you do those over a period of time, they help you when you do them as you're younger, as you grow older. It could be adding years onto your life further down the road and of course if you continue it's going to add more years to your life fit people live longer general health and fitness those people who have good general health and fitness live longer lives unless and by that i mean they're not going to die from a heart attack a stroke if there's some type of genetic problem that they have where they are they succumb to a disease, that's another story. But the bottom line is, if you participate in physical fitness activities when you're younger, it will add years to your life. The other reason, <clears throat> excuse me, that kids need to participate in physical fitness activities, lifelong fitness activities, is because it will help maintain their body weight and other kids won't have something to say to them because of the fact that they are battling weight-related issues. Bullies always look for two things. They look for weakness and difference. And when someone has a look that could be both weak and different, it becomes important, it becomes important to eliminate that, to eliminate it. And you always work on that which you can eliminate. There are certain things that are unchangeables. One of the thing that's, things that's an unchangeable is your height. You can't change your height, but you can always change your weight 
And if, in fact, that has become a stumbling block for you, okay, one of the things that you want to do is work on fitness activities and diet-related act, a diet-related, a diet-related lifestyle. Now, we all know that kids are going to run and 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 do things when they go outside, but that starts to die off as they become a little bit older. So here's just a few short tips on things that you can do as a family that will help your children understand the importance of fitness. Number one, take them with you on an evening walk. Take them with you on an evening walk. You're going to go out after dinner and you're going to walk for 20 minutes. And let them know that you do this because it helps with your fitness and we want to make sure that you become you re- become and remain fit as well. Number two, go on family outings that require you to walk and move around. You may want to go hiking. You may want to go camping. Participate with your children in their physical fitness activities that they participate with in their town. In other words, if they play soccer, kick a soccer ball with them. If in fact they play softball or baseball, participate in that activity. But get out there yourself so your son or your daughter can see that you see the importance of it as well. Number three, have a healthy eating lifestyle. Make sure that your snacks and your, your food that you eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner are healthy. Include vegetables, include fruit, include protein, lean meats, fish, and so on. And those are all no-brainers because you've heard about them before. But we're working on training our children to understand the importance of being lifelong fit. We want them to be fit for the rest of their life. And they have to develop the habits that are necessary in order to do that. And when we show them what, we, what they need to do and we model what they need to do, they will end up doing it because they'll see the importance of it. If you eat bad, they'll eat bad. If you lay around, they'll lay around. That's all there is to it. So you work along with them so they understand the importance of fitness. Next one is teach your kids the 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 fact that being overweight or not being physically active can affect them as they get older. Let them know that if they're carrying around too much weight that it will affect them as they get older. Because if they know that, if they know that and they understand it, they'll begin to take some steps now. When you go out to the store with them, park your car further away and walk. 
your kids will gravitate toward what you're interested in. And the biggest reason that they will is because they see you as a model and, is, and if you model it, they'll do it. We need kids to be physically fit. We need to teach them about lifelong health and fitness. There is too much sedentary activity right now associated with our young children. And once again, with COVID-19, many of them don't go to school. They stay home and get virtual learning, so they're sitting there. Their breaks may not involve physical fitness. I think when kids go on a break, if the parents are home, the parents should just go out and take a walk with their kids 10 minutes during lunch. Anything that gives the kid the idea that this is important. Sports are great. They are. Baseball, basketball, football, golf, tennis, hockey, they're all great for kids to participate in. But they are not a substitute for lifelong fitness because unless you become a professional, you're not going to do that for the rest of your life. And most professionals don't do it for the rest of their life anyway. And when you look at sports figures who have retired from their sport, you look at them five years after they retired and most of them are fat and overweight. So the idea here is, is to help them understand sports, great, participate, but teach them about lifelong fitness and the habits that are associated with it. They'll improve their self-confidence, they'll improve their self-image, their body image will be so different that, that they will look at their body in a much more positive light. And the bottom line, the bottom line here is, other kids won't be able to have anything to say to them. They won't get bullied because of the fact that they're carrying around too much weight. It is a necessary thing that we have to do now because if we don't do it, if we don't do it, as kids grow older, we don't want to see their life, we don't want to see their life get shortened because of something that they had full control over when they were younger. Lifelong fitness for kids. It's an important piece. It'll help them physically. It'll help them spiritually. It'll help them emotionally. And it's certainly, certainly going to help them uh, in terms of th their overall outlook on life. Their overall outlook on life. It will help them. It'll help them mentally as they begin to look at themselves and begin to say, I like the way I look, I like the way I feel. And it'll take a little time, but we have to start helping these kids make sure that they understand the benefit of lifelong fitness. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Listen, I am going to put up on the uh, in the episode description a um, a product that you can pick up in my store and it's called Brain Bursts Brain Bursts 
And what this is, it's four different activities that you can do with your son or daughter right in the house for one minute each and it will get their heart rate up, it will help them burn calories and it'll improve their thinking. Brain Burst, it's a great set of activities that they can do. If you're a teacher, you can use these in place of brain breaks. In, in the case of the teacher, make sure you check to make sure that the kid doesn't have asthma or some other overlying health condition that could prevent them from accelerating their heart to a point where um, it, it may go too fast for them. Okay, so you'll see that in the uh, episode description. I'm also going to include an article that I wrote several years ago, not several, probably about five years ago. It was called Husky. Husky. It was what I was called when I went to get clothes with my mother. I had to buy husky clothes, meaning for bigger kids. So I want you to read that article and it'll shed some light on um, this whole idea of how even adults view kids who may be or who may be battling weight-related issues and who are, are having difficulty fitting in because of these weight-related issues. Remember, height you can't change, weight you can, and if you can, let's teach our kids how to deal with this, this difficult problem that they face. They have to be taught lifelong fitness, they have to be taught lifelong eating habits. We gotta get them out of the sedentary lifestyle and we gotta get them moving because that will help improve their self-esteem image, help improve their confidence, and they'll end up becoming just, you know, people who are comfortable in their own skin and with their life. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. I encourage you to tune in. Uh, next week, I'll have another episode. I encourage you to listen to my other podcast. It's called Trauma Stories. You can get it wherever podcasts are. You can get it on uh, Anchor, Apple, Google. It's all there. Trauma Stories. And, and I go over stories that people have sent me. I tell my own stories of trauma and how it affected my life. So if you have the time, that next the new episode will be coming out tomorrow. Trauma Stories. Don't miss it. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101, and I'll see you in the next episode.